Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. This week's episode is the next installment of our mini-series on habit building for the month of January. In the first episode, Bridget and I shared the habits we are trying to build. Don't worry, you are going to get an update on that next week's episode coming soon. But in the second episode, we shared tiny changes that give you big results. And really, that was a book review of Atomic Habits, which we so good. absolutely loved. Like, mm-hmm. might be my new favorite book. So in today's episode, we're getting down and dirty with why your habit building is failing. Ooh. That's tough. <laughs> One of my well, students says that Well, we are known for our tough love. Yeah, that is so true. But first, let's hear a TSH from Holly. Holly says, resetting my room at the end of the day. So returning all the materials that got used and not returned, painting supplies needed to be cleaned, art supplies brought in from another room, usually things that migrate all over my room. This usually leads me to becoming inspired to organize an area shelving cupboard, which then leads me to being to not preparing fully for the next day before I leave, which then leads me to working at home after my kids are in bed and missing out on a personal things that I need to be doing at home. Whew, Holly, that's a lot. Now I felt overwhelmed. I know, just listening to it. I'm assuming that you're an art teacher because yes. you mentioned paint supplies. I could be wrong, but go with me on this. If you are an art teacher, I would suggest recruiting help from a few students at the end of the day to help you reset your room. That way you're not trying to do it all yourself. So maybe these could be students from the last class of the day, or if your last class of the day is like a younger grade, maybe you could get help from whatever the highest grade level is in your school. So if your school goes up to fifth grade, you could recruit help from a few fifth graders. I know the art teacher at our school always did this. I am sure, I'm confident if you selected students who are especially doing well academically, their homeroom teacher would allow them to leave class five minutes early to help come clean the art room. Like it would not be a big deal. This would help take tasks off of your plate. And then that way you could focus on prepping for the next day before you leave. That is such good advice. And my art teacher at my school actually does that because we're the last class to have special. And so she will always Mm. recruit kids and keep like two or three behind to have them help her. And it's perfect. It works out for us. Yep. Now, I got to be honest, this sounds like a complete domino effect that is happening in your daily schedule. (laughs) You really have to determine what is setting off your domino of events. So in this case, it sounds like not having items placed back as you work is going to be like the starting point. You really have to reevaluate your organization and how are you maintaining the space at that specific moment? If you take the time to do the things then and there, like when you're doing it, then you may find that you're not traveling down the domino path and instead can really enjoy spending time with your family and getting things done. Yeah, I love that. I think so many of our... Uh, issues, I will say, with being not productive or unorganized, it is a domino effect. And Mm -hmm. I think if you can find that first domino, you can really set it on a different trajectory. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So y'all might remember Bridget and I's very first podcast episode was all about how to create habits for a successful school year. But we have learned a lot about building habits since that first episode. 
And today we really wanted to focus on why habit building fails because it does like a lot of the time. (laughs) So we wanted to share some insight from both our personal experiences and then also what we've learned from like professionals, specifically after reading Atomic Habits by James Clear about why habits fail. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to approach this by sharing some common misconceptions regarding habits. We're going to discuss the misconception and what the truth actually is so that you can take these insights and then apply them to your own habit building process. Mm, Love it. So we have is it three? Three. Yes. Three, three misconceptions. Or yes, yeah. misconceptions yeah. <laughs> for habits. <laughs> About habits. Okay. So misconception numero uno, number one. Yeah. People think that you can build habits in the same amount of time. So if Bridget and I both say, you know, I want to have the habit of drinking X amount of water, it would take us the same amount of time to actually build it. And people mistakenly think that habits can be built in a certain number of days, like Mm -hmm. 28 days, I feel like is the go-to. Oh my gosh. It's all over the internet. Yeah. 28 days. 28 days to build a habit. So what happens is people will attempt to build a habit for 28 days, but they end up breaking the habit because it wasn't enough time for the action to actually become habitual, meaning you do it without thinking about it. Exactly. So Bridget, why is this habit failing? Yeah. So your habit is failing because you really aren't giving yourself enough time to actually build it. Or if I kind of think back to like James Clear, you're not casting enough votes for that specific habit. So you Mm -hmm. have to kind of repeat that habit so many times in order for it to become an automatic thing. Yep. So the truth is, is that everyone takes a different amount of time to build habits. Um, One of the most common questions that we hear is, how long does it take to build a new habit? But what, uh, what people really should be asking is, how many does it take to form this new habit? So how many of those votes is it going to end up taking you specifically to build that habit? Think of habits as repetitions instead of those timeframes. Yeah, I really like that. So here's an example. Um, (laughs) If Bridget was trying to build a habit of like working out, it would probably take... (laughs) (laughs) It would probably take her longer than it would me because fitness has already been a big part of my life for a while. Right. But if Bridget was trying, if we both were trying to build the habit of like waking up early, she would build that habit a heck of a lot faster than me because... First of all, she already has kids and they wake up early, but <laughs> I've never been a morning person. Like that would be a big change for me. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the whole identity piece as well, right? Yes. Like you identify as that person who works out. I identify as that or early morning person. Yep. And so yep. it's going to take fewer votes to cast in order for me to build something that goes along with that. Yep. I love that. So a couple of reminders with this whole misconception and like what the truth actually is. You have to get past the struggle in order to create enjoyment. Yeah. The reality is when you first start to build a habit, it's going to be a change. It's something new and change is hard, but you have to get past that struggle so then it can get to the point where you actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You also have to be patient and follow your own time clock. I always would talk about this with my students about how every student has their own time clock and they're going to learn some topics faster than others. And it's going to take them more time for other topics. And that's okay. You have to be patient. 
You also want to compare your personal progress instead of comparing your habit building to someone else's. So you're trying to become a better version of yourself, but it's that whole, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10, right? Like we're all on these different trajectories in life and we all have different experiences. Another reminder is it's going to be challenging, (laughs) but that's what makes it worth it. Right. Like it it wouldn't be worth anything if at the end you're like, oh, like, why did I even do that? Right. Like it's that challenge. It's that whole overcoming obstacles and persevering that makes it worth it. And then this is something that James Clear mentioned in Atomic Habits. It's the two minute rule. He says that new habits should take less than two minutes to complete. So if you find that you can't stick with it for a long period of time, try an easier habit. So rather than your habit of becoming a reader, maybe your habit is just reading one page each day. That way it's something you can actually stick with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into the second misconception. Habits are built solely on willpower. Ooh. Mm. Um, a lot of people mistakenly think that they can decide to build a habit and just like wave a magic wand and it will be like built, like poof, it's there, like a fairy godmother. Yep. So an example of this is like drinking water. You want to build this habit of drinking more water and you think that you're just going to start doing it. Like, boom, I'm just going to start it. I'm I'm going to start drinking water. I'm going to set that goal. And that is what I'm I'm going to do from here on out. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case. You think that it all it takes is just willpower. You have to want it and then you will be able to achieve it. Yep. So the reason your habit is failing is because you don't have any systems in place that will help you actually get there. So, for example, you say you want to run a marathon but you haven't done any of the training. Like it's not going to happen that way. And I know something that James Clear brought up. It's the fact that people think they lack motivation in reality. They just lack clarity. And a lot of times the system is what creates that clarity. You know what to do and you know when to do it. So the truth is habits require changes to your current routine and systems. It's like the quote from Henry Ford. Mm -hmm. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. I like his quotes a lot. (laughs) I know. I really like that one. I know. It's a great one. (laughs) So going back to that example Bridget brought up, if you haven't been drinking water, it could be for a lot of reasons. Maybe you don't have a water bottle to carry with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're drinking other beverages so you don't feel thirsty. Therefore, you don't ever really want water. If you do not change these current systems and routines, then your habit is going to fail. (laughs) Your systems act almost like a plan or a roadmap, if you will, and they're going to guide you to the habit. So in order to build good habits, you have to have a disciplined system. And we talked about this a lot in our last episode, episode 107. You have to make it obvious. You have to make it attractive. You have to make it easy and you have to make it satisfying. 
Yeah. So let's talk about some reminders for this misconception. So reminders, you have to build systems in order to build habits. We've talked about this over and over again. It's those systems that you put in place that are really going to allow you to build that effective habit. And so in this case, like if you needed to build a better system, you might have to change your environment. And that was another thing that we talked a lot about with with the book Atomic Habits. You also have to make changes to your current routine. And this might mean that you might want to start thinking of the idea of habit stacking, which uh, is another concept from James Clear, where you're taking a a habit that you already currently have and you're then attaching a habit that you want to build. So let's say I want to be a healthier person by drinking water. So I know every morning I make a cup of coffee. I might habit stack. As I'm brewing my cup of coffee, I might then drink an entire bottle of water before I can start to drink that cup of coffee. I'm Mm -hmm. stacking a habit that I want to build with one that I'm already currently doing. And here's the thing, guys, if you fail to plan, you plan (laughs) to fail. Okay, I know this one is like a Michelle quote. This is what she says all the time. And I'm just like, I'm starting to all the things that you say is now the things that I'm starting to say. (laughs) But it is true. So if you don't have those plans in place, like maybe I need to have that bottle of water right there next to my um, coffee maker. I'm setting my environment. I'm setting the stage for it. If I don't take the steps to plan for that, then I'm going to end up failing because it's going to make it difficult. And we have to make habit building easy. Mm -hmm. You have to consider what roadblocks that you have, um, that what you have prevented uh, you from really doing this in the first place. So again, going back to the whole water thing, what are some of those roadblocks that I have to go and make, get the water? I need to like put it all together. And if it's more steps than what my brain is really ready for in the morning, then I'm not going to end up doing it. So at the end of the day, think about the roadblocks that you have in place, make changes to your environment and consider building in some of that habit stacking to make it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. And I think that ties in very nicely with the third misconception, which is people can build any habit they want. Mm -hmm. People, and when I say people, I'm really talking about myself. (laughs) (laughs) People love to go big or go home. I mean, you do live in Texas. Yep. Yep. Go big (laughs) or go home, baby. They love to be ambitious with their habit because they think like it's a fresh start. And I think this happens so, so often at the start of the new year. They're like, Mm -hmm. it's a new year. Therefore, I I'm going, for lack of better terms, all balls in. to the wall. Yep, well, going yeah, all in. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for an example, in episode 106, Bridget and I shared what habits we are wanting to build for this new year. And Bridget mentioned that she wants to cook more at home. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to that episode, you'll remember she said her goal was to cook at home four days a week. Now, most people making this change. They've been eating out a lot. They're like, I'm going to cook at home seven days a week. Like it's going to be great every day. I'm going to cook at home. But Bridget, why is their habit failing? Because it's too hard to stick with. Yep. It's difficult. And so when things are hard, when you are setting a goal that is just 
unattainable, then it's not going to be realistic for you and you're not going to follow through. So the truth is, is that you have to start small and really build easier habits in order to later build more difficult habits. You have to, what we like to say in teaching, scaffold it. (laughs) They don't like learn to read immediately, right? They have to learn their letters and their sounds. They need to learn their sight words. Then they learn how to read words and they learn how to write words and sentences everything that we do in our learning process is scaffolded. And I think that's kind of where that two minute rule that James Clear talks about, it plays a huge part in this, right? It kind of gets you started. And this really helps with motivation because you start to see small amounts of success, which then makes you want to keep going um, so that you can continuously improve it. It's that progressive overload idea. This helps to build the enjoyment that we discussed earlier earlier in how to make habits satisfying and easy for you. So you have to identify the habits and then you have if you have conflicting identities, which this is also a really big piece that if you are not identifying with that specific habit, like me, I'm not a healthy person right now. I'm, I tell myself I'm not healthy. Therefore, I don't drink water. I don't go working out. I don't eat healthy, like all of the different things because I identify as that person. I have conflicting identities. And so it's going to make habit building to become that healthier person way harder uh, in the long run. Yeah. So a few reminders for you when it comes to setting attainable goals and and these attainable habits. First of all, think Goldilocks. This is something that James Clear mentions in Atomic Habits. You don't want to build habits that are too easy, obviously, because then it's not challenging you. But you also don't want to build habits that are too hard because that's going to leave you feeling unmotivated. And we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we are kind of tying in things we've learned from professionals like James Clear, like he is a habit expert, but we're bringing in some of our own experiences. And what Bridget and I have experienced is that people have different tolerance levels when it comes to challenges. There are people who can take these very ambitious challenges and like that is motivating to them. But there's other people when there's this grand challenge, they find it kind of the opposite. It like sucks away their motivation. Right. But I think now that I'm saying this out loud, I think this ties into that identity piece, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to fitness and powerlifting and all that, I could go for a very ambitious challenge because I identify as a person you know, who is an athlete and who is a power lifter and who is healthy and all of these things. Whereas your tolerance for that might be lower because you don't identify as that. So I think it does all kind of tie in together. Another reminder for you is to give yourself smaller timeframes to start. Sometimes when we have this big ambitious goal of like, I'm going to keep this going for a hundred days. And then you realize how long that actually is. That tends to kind of suck away your motivation. So have a smaller t- time frame. It could be five days, 10 days, whatever. You can always continue to increase it, but it at least gets you going. This makes me think about when I was in college, I decided to do a running streak. Now I already identified as a runner. Mm -hmm. I already had the habit of running pretty often. So I decided I'm going to run every day from Thanksgiving day through the end of the year. And I was able to accomplish that. 
Then at the end of the year, I decided, okay, now I want to run every day for an entire year. So I used the first part kind of as a springboard or as James Clear puts it, it's like that entrance ramp to the highway. Now, spoiler alert, it did not work out because I ended up fracturing my shin because I was not taking rest days. So do not recommend that. But up until that point, though, I had stuck with it. Um, (laughs) Next reminder, if your habit building is failing, you have probably set the bar too high. So rather than looking at yourself as I am a failure, you just need to kind of lower the bar. Think of it like limbo. We we like lowering the bar here in my house. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's okay, right? It's those, you need those little successes in order to motivate you to keep going. No, you definitely do. (laughs) And then the final reminder is to spend time reflecting on your habit building process. Remember that habit building is fluid. It's something that's always changing. Keep in mind those different seasons of your life. If you're in a really stressful season, your habit building goals may need to decrease. That way you can still be successful. You can still make progress, but you may need to wait for a different season of your life in order to make those more ambitious goals. Yeah. So hopefully through this episode, we were able to take some of those misconceptions that, you know, most people will have when it comes to just habit building. And we've helped you change your thinking around habits. And taking some of these reminders that we've had, I want you to think about what are some of these that you can start implementing today? Make that a goal to start taking some of these reminders and saying, yep, this is what I'm going to do today. And then we also want you to head back over and listen to episode 106, Habits We Are Building This Year to Prep, um, in order to prep yourself for the next week's episode where we're going to do our check-in process. Like I'm really, really excited for that. Yeah. (laughs) And if you want to learn more about habit building and kind of the science behind how it all works and some other tips and tricks to really help you, please go back and listen to the last episode 107 titled Tiny Changes That Give You Big Results. Bridget and I fully break down the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, which has truly become like our new favorite book. We loved it. And it's a juicy episode. Like if you're driving somewhere or going for a walk, it's over an hour. So like just prepare yourself, but it's a good one. (laughs) It is, is definitely a good one and one to, to truly listen to because there's so many different things that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's like a big aha moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would also like for you to head on over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com and submit your time sucking hurdle. We want to know what is your TSH. You can also find the link down in the show notes. If uh, you don't want to head over to the website, it's like easy access for you. Also make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get notified the next time that we drop a new episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And we would love it if you could leave us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers. And we love hearing from you. What are your thoughts on the podcast? And what do you think? Like, we just want to know what you're feeling right now. And until next time, friends, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.